What's up, guys? Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Thanks for downloading this week's radio show into podcast form. We appreciate that. If you want a free Heartland College Sports koozie, all you have to do is rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And guess what? You email it to me. Email me a screenshot to Pete Mundo. That's M-U-N-D-O at HeartlandCollegeSports.com, and I will get you the free koozie in the mail. And keep the beer cold. It's a great deal. Win-win. We appreciate it. Enjoy the show. Well, we keep it rolling. Heartland College Sports Weekly. I'm Pete Mundo, and let's take a look up in Ames, Iowa, and welcome in Chris Williams. He is the publisher owner of Cyclone Fanatic. I know a familiar voice, face, and name to a lot of Cyclones fans and Big 12 fans for that matter. Uh, Chris, really appreciate a few minutes. And where I want to begin, you know, as we kind of look back on the football season that was. Uh, the moment that Brock Purdy, of course, became the starter was, in many ways, the defining moment for this team and for this program. As you look back on year three under Matt Campbell, the growth this program continues to make, uh, admit it, are you surprised by where this program is after three years of Matt Campbell? Yeah, I definitely am, Pete. I just, I've been around Iowa State for so long, and I've, I've you've always seen the, kind of a theme with Iowa. There's been a very similar theme. From what I've seen, they they usually have skill position guys, and for the most part, starters that are capable of competing and winning games in the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. But but the one theme that I've just come across over the years is for some reason they've struggled up front on both sides of the ball. I understand that on defense, such a difficult position to recruit. But I would say they should always be better on the offensive line. There's kids like that around here that you can develop. Um, but mainly is it's the depth, and what what surprises me about Campbell the most, and the wins and losses I think kind of come with this, is the fact that you know for a game like West Virginia that I was that, that the West Virginia win was the most complete game I've ever seen an Iowa State football team play. It, it was um, it, it blew me away. And when you when it, when I find out twenty minutes before kick that Ray Lima really the heart and soul of that defense that a lot of people don't understand unless you're around it every day um he's out right Mm -hmm. and the fact that they're able to plug in another guy and any wazirike goes down and they're able to plug in another guy and there's a drop off but it's not night and day it's not the difference between a you know a big 12 football player and a guy who probably should be playing d2 and he's campbell has found a way to build that depth within this program in three years. And it's, it's really incredible to me. And then, like I said, the wins and losses kind of come with that. But I never would have guessed he could build the depth the way he has, and I never would have guessed that Iowa State could ever play the defense that they play. I, I just uh, – John Haycock, the defensive coordinator and that staff, just deserves a ton of credit because um, – Purdy's great, and you're right. He totally changed the outlook of the season, and I wish they would have just started him from day one because mm-hmm. I think they could have gone nine and three or ten and two. However, you know, I, I I still think it's overlooked because we cover the Big Twelve and everybody talks about points. Iowa State's defense is really the reason this program's been able to make such a great turnaround. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, Chris, when you look at Matt Campbell, everybody wondered really since the middle of last season. All right, what job was he going to take? When was he going to skip town? 
and he has continued to stay true to his word. He signed a couple of extensions. Uh, you know, there was a great report. I forget where I read it last year. One of your probably colleagues on the media side up there in Ames where, you know, he doesn't have some uh, multiple agents. He's got himself and a lawyer. They hash out the deal and away they go. Uh, when it comes to the loyalty of Matt Campbell, how impressive has that been considering so many guys have used a job like Iowa State as a stepping stone? Yeah, it's been a um, been an interesting thing to watch because Iowa State fans, and, and I, I can't blame them for being this way, they kind of just wait for the bad thing to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And Campbell, in a weird way, is he's definitely turned that around on the football field, but I, I do think Iowa State fans look at what's going on right now and they they ask themselves you know why not us why um why can't a guy choose to stay at iowa state and i think that's where it starts i i know matt well and he he is very much um he's in love with these fans as much as they are him they mean the world to him and uh that i i know here's with matt like I'm not saying he's going to retire in Ames. I'm not saying he's going to be Bill Snyder. I, I have no idea. Um, in fact, I'm surprised. I, when the Brown stuff started coming around, like I thought, oh, this could be the one that, that takes him. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I look at him and I look at the guys who he looks up to in coaching. It's um, I, The name escapes me, but his longtime Division Three coach at Mount Union. It's mm-hmm. Bill Snyder. It's Gary Patterson. It's I think to a degree, Kirk and these are guys who are program guys. You know, they, they're in it more than just for, they, they, they like building things. Matt is a roster builder. Uh, he's a CEO of sorts. He, he lets his coaches coach. And the one thing that really um, gives him satisfaction is building a program. And I, I think a lot of it has to do with those guys. He's, he's kind of always looked up to and if you, go through that list that I just gave, those are all guys who have been somewhere for a long time. Mm-hmm. And again, it doesn't mean that he's going to stay there forever, but I think that he's proven over the last couple of years. He could have had, he probably could have had Nebraska or Tennessee last year. Um, he, I think he, I know he could have had a couple of NFL jobs this year with the Jets and whoever else. And he's, he's chosen Iowa State, and that's a really cool thing for a fan base that I think really deserves it. And- No doubt about it. Chris Williams, uh, Cyclone Fanatic Publishers, joining us, an owner, of course. So, uh, you know, Chris, I agree with you. Is he going to retire in Ames? I don't think so. But the fact that he's clearly here for uh, the long haul, whatever that is, whether it's five, ten years, is a great thing for for the program and for the community and for the fans. Uh, What is, as a guy that knows him pretty well, I mean, is that an Ohio State? Is that an NFL at some point? Is it a Notre Dame at some point? Is that kind of the short list as you look at it? Yeah, I mean – I don't really know. I I think Matt is more about fit than he is the prestige of something, to be honest with you. I don't mm-hmm. think he'll ever go anywhere just because, oh, they they won national titles in the 80s. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, if that was the case, he could have just jumped on Nebraska last yep, year, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, that's a high-profile job. I think Matt, I think a couple of things are important to him. Stability is one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just not necessarily for him, but he doesn't want to go somewhere – where you know it's where there's constant chaos i guess and you know you look at program like the cleveland browns you know it's not exactly what you would say stable (laughs) um no i i don't think the ohio state thing you know and 
certainly it would be a great opportunity if that ever came to him. But this isn't a guy who grew up like a rabid Buckeyes fan. I think mm. that, I mean, he's clearly from there. Um, but there's not, Matt, in fact, I've interviewed him a bunch of times about this. He didn't really grow up watching college sports. He grew up watching D3 stuff. He was really into that. And then he grew up on the Browns. Like, he, college, uh, he didn't really have, like, this team that he was, like, diehard about in the, back in the day. I think, uh, obviously, in Ohio State and Notre Dame, those would pop. But, you know, I've always thought of Matt, and it kind of comes back to the program deal. Like, I think that, I honestly think when it's all said and done, he'll be a great GM in the NFL. I think that he is, he is such a leader, and he is such a, he's, he's an infectious leader. He, he gets people to, to buy into his process, you know, is what he always talks about names. And I think that's the end game for him someday. I, I think that I could totally see him being a GM in the National Football League when he's in his 50s and, and being a really successful one at that. But in the short term, um, I, I, I do think he'll be at Iowa State for a long time. I, I said that and I get laughed at a lot. You know, a lot of Iowa fans up here like to snicker and um, – Hot Iowa State fan. The fact that Campbell's going to be leaving, but I think that he's proven here over the last couple of years that he he has zero intentions of, of leaving unless something absolutely perfect comes around. Another thing, Pete, is his staff. He's he's all about staff continuity, and like I don't think he would go anywhere where he wouldn't have complete control over his staff, and that includes the NFL. He he would want to be able to to protect this group that he has compiled in name. Interesting. Okay. Very interesting. Chris Williams joining us. Um, you know, on that note, with Tom Manning leaving, how big of a deal was that for this team early in the season? Was it was it just the fact that they didn't have the right guy at quarterback, or was there a, a process there with, with Tom Manning joining the Colts and kind of moving on from that as you talk about continuity in the program? Yeah, I you know, I don't think it was as big of a deal as a lot of people wanted to make it. I I think that their offensive struggles, in my opinion, are, are are fairly simple. They're still not very good up front. I mean, I, I think that across the board, that roster is like considerably above average when you're talking Big Twelve, except their offensive line. And I, you know, I I, I thought all season off season long, and you know, a lot of people laughed at me, and I didn't think Kyle Kemp was going to be the answer because I didn't have faith in that offensive line, and and it. They needed somebody who could run, who could, you know, be a little more versatile to open things up for David Montgomery and who would just throw it up to Hakeem Butler. And, and Kyle Kemp, as great as his story as he is, and he's one of the greatest of all time when it comes to young young people who've come to range. You know, he didn't he didn't have that. And I, I put it more on their still building up front than it was the Tom Manning thing because I, I know how they're coaching um, – rooms work and it, it really is a by committee type deal is how they do their offensive now the play calling situation changed because tom was doing that a year ago and i'm sure there was some sort of a um i'm sure there was some sort of a transition i i put it more on that first game being canceled than anything okay. I, mean, I honestly yep. do i think that I that was a huge huge deal and i i don't think you can it was a really odd offseason beginning of the season the first game got canceled then you start at iowa which is a tough chore against that defense and then pete i don't know if you followed it but the the young woman the golfer the all-american golfer yep. names was very sad on the, and so that happens 
and that shook the university. That shook the entire landscape of everything. It, they just had a really tumultuous start. Nobody's making excuses, but I, I do think that you can attest that. To, there's a lot of keys that went into that slow start that they had this season, and I think that you know they probably came out being a better football team at the end of the year because of all that. But um, man, I, I would I would just love to have seen that Iowa game had Iowa State's first game not been canceled. Yeah. I, I could not agree more. Chris Williams joining us, Cyclone Fanatic. So, Chris, you know, we, we look back on these last couple of seasons, and by Iowa State standards, they've been wildly successful, uh, best back-to-back seasons and pushing 20 years. What is the realistic ceiling? Is it is it kind of like, all right, if we're entering November with a chance to play in the conference title game, uh, that is that is a successful season? Or is it, hey, we got to, you know, under Matt Campbell, we should be legit playing in a Big 12 title game every five years with expecting seven and nine, seven, eight wins the other bunch of years. I mean, what? what how do you view that? Well, I got to be honest with you, Pete. I, five years ago, I didn't even think of it possible for Iowa State to win a Big 12 championship in football. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I thought that, that, you know, just the geography, the tradition, all that stuff, I was I was convinced that it was not possible. Uh, Campbell's kind of changed that for me. I, I think that, you know, if you look at the last two years, you know, and, and a lot of programs are like this. I'm not, Iowa State's not unique, but you look, a couple things go differently, and, and you could be 10-2, and two, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they're just... Oh, yeah. They've gone from a transition where Iowa State would certain teams show up on the schedule, and you're like, oh, this is a break your lawn Saturday is what we used to call it, right? Mm-hmm. And now, like, you just look at the schedule, and you're like, well, you can win that game. You know, and mm-hmm. you're not going to be favored at every game, but it, it's a very different culture. I think the ceiling is a Big 12 championship. I mean, it probably sounds crazy to a lot of your regional listeners, but – if you look at recruiting, the way it's going, I mean, Iowa State's got a quarterback playing right now who chose Iowa State over Alabama and Texas A&M for crying out loud. You know, for yeah. the first time in my, for the first time since Troy Davis, Iowa State has a player who declared early for the NFL draft, not one but two. So it shows you that talent is on the rise. That's David Montgomery and Hakeem Butler. Um, They've just got to get better up front. And I think as long as John Haycock is there on defense, I know how well they're recruiting on that side of the ball. They've got to get more explosive and more consistent offensively. And I think that starts up front with the offensive line. But as far as the ceiling goes, I think that they are rightfully shooting for Big 12 championships. And I'd like to see Iowa State go to the point where, you know, back in the day it was kind of like, okay, every – three, four years, you hope to get up into a bowl game and make a run and maybe go to two bowl games in a row. And now, you know, I'd like I'd like to think that they're gonna be in a spot where six and six is a disappointment and your your bump years are nine and three, ten and two, and you kind of expect to be in that seven and five, eight and four range. I don't know if that's possible, but you know, Campbell's kind of changed the way of thinking in these parts. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. Well, he's Chris Williams joining us here. Chris, before we let you go, let's talk a little bit of hoops here. You know, get the great win uh, against Kansas a couple weeks back, and then there's been two straight losses to Baylor and K-State, granted by a combined, what, four or five points. Um, Looking the rest of the way in this season, it's a very loaded Big 12 right now. You look at the top, you have Texas Tech, you have Kansas, then you can have the conversation from there on down. Uh, How are you looking at this season as Steve Prohm tries to get this thing on the right track after last year? And I, I think top to bottom, this is 
talented of a team as they've had since, you know, Hoiberg had Niang and yeah. Nader and, you know, all those guys mm-hmm. who ended up in the NBA. Um, it's This is all about putting pieces together, you know, and they – they play better defense than they have in the past. They struggle a little bit more offensively, and I think it's a little bit of a transition. But the, you know, the key that one of the things you look at here is one, they're really young. People don't really understand that. But two, it's just getting guys to to be together, and that that's their key. If they can do that, I, I think this team's a pop out in the NCAA tournament. I think that this team has as high of an upside as any of those Fred teams did. To be honest with you, however. Um, as we saw after that Kansas team, this team did not respond well to success. And they, they were uh, there's going to be a lot of humility in that locker room here over the last few days with a tough game at Texas Tech. And then their schedule's brutal over the next two weeks. They have, at Tech, they get Oklahoma State, but then they're at Kansas and at Ole Miss, who's in the top 20 in that SEC thing that they do in the middle of the season for some reason. <laughs> And, um, you know, the talent is there. This is simply a deal of Steve Prohm getting these guys to play as a whole, which is oftentimes more difficult, I think, than the, than the casual fan would observe. So I, I think I wouldn't want to be Steve Prohm right now. I mean, he's got so many different pieces, and he's got guys. It's just an odd situation for Iowa State where he has multiple guys who are – they've had three guys this year on that team show up and. NBA mock drafts as first-round picks. That doesn't happen here for underclassmen. And I think you have some guys reading their own headlines and getting everybody on the same page is the key. If they do that, Iowa State, I think, is one of the best teams in the league. But, again, there's a lot of stuff that has to come together for that to be the case. Well, it's always uh, always interesting. And it's, let's be honest, exciting time to be a Cyclones fan right now, whether football, basketball, whatever it might be. He's Chris Williams. You know him well from Cyclone Fanatic. Chris, uh, great to have you on. We'll love to do it again soon. And uh, have a great week. Thanks, Pete. I appreciate it. Well, great work out of Chris. Thank you for listening, for joining us today. And uh, please do leave us a rating, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and we will get you the free koozie in the mail. Just email me a screenshot of your review, Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon.